Welcome back, fans. This is the MMA panel, and we are bringing you episode 11 with Aaron and Paolo. Give the fans a big shout out, Paolo. Hello, hello, everyone. Oh. We've got a special episode for you. That's right. So, we have decided that we're going to have this standalone episode, and we're going to talk about the current and all-time scariest fighters to ever enter the octagon or MMA in general, to be honest. And um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go through each division, uh, women's divisions first, and then uh, yeah, from uh, from bottom to top, not from top to bottom, because we're gonna put the lighter ones first. And uh, yeah, see if uh, you guys out there have any um, any differences of opinion, stuff like that. Hit us up on the podcast podcast messaging. Uh, and um, yeah, let's start it off. I'm gonna start off with who I think the scariest women's strawweight fighter is currently and also of all time i have the same person all right and it's jessica andraj she's this she's the current scariest i think she's the current scariest and i also think she's the scariest of all time um i'm gonna disagree with not all time i think joanna is i think she's intimidated a lot of her opponents and that's a fair enough call she has really dominated the actual division and having her around has made everyone list that little bit scared to fight her because she was so dominant. That's true. She was definitely the most dominant fighter of all time uh, in the strawweight division. One of the things that I liked about Andraj is that the majority of her career, she actually fought at a bigger weight. She was fighting at 135. Now she's down at 115. And since dropping to that weight, she's been 6-1. and one. The only fight that she actually lost was against Joanna when Joanna was in her prime. And um, I think that was when Andrade was still a little bit raw. Uh, So, look, at that weight division, I think Andrade seems to have the most dire consequences. That's the reason that I picked her for this one. Some some of the rationale behind my picks are going to be either the dire consequences, they might be dominance, just like Paolo picked then with, uh, with Joanna. But, um, yeah, for this case, I think Andrade. But you think Joanna. Yeah, yeah, I do. I respect yeah. that opinion. Yeah, because she, she does get up in people's faces. Yeah. She does, yeah. She's psychologically very scary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. there's a few reasons why I chose it. And once again, it will vary on, yeah. uh, on each, each, I suppose, weight class and, and personality. No, definitely. Yeah. And I, um, I would like to see uh, those two fight again at some point. That would be good. Maybe, uh, maybe after Andrade fights... Oh, pardon me. Uh, Andraj fights uh, Rose Namahunas. Joanna can come down and, and request a title shot. Yeah. She can have a 17th title shot in three years. It'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, big fans of Joanna. Um, all right, moving on. Women's flyweight. Now, I have the same fighter now and before because... The division's only been uh, around for like two weeks, or <laughs> no, a bit longer than that. But realistically, it hasn't been around very long. So, Valentina Shevchenko, I can't really go past her. I figure she's the scariest one, and the reason that I picked that she's the scariest is because the only fight she's ever lost in the UFC uh, to Amanda Nunes, who is an absolute fucking killer, and she lost one of those fights by split decision, the other one by decision. So. Yeah. Look, if Nunes can't finish you, that says that you're a bit of a tough, um, bit of a tough fighter, and uh, I don't see anyone touching her in flyweight. Uh, she's the most decorated in that division. Yeah. Uh, she showed that against Joanna and absolutely dominated for the the fiftieth thousandth time. Yeah. So um, yeah, she's 
she's my pick also. There isn't anyone else to pick, really. Well, realistically, yeah. that division's the weakest division in the UFC. Yeah. Um, that and probably women's featherweight. So, uh, but hopefully with time, just like all divisions, they'll start to um, to pick up as more people can get into them. So, look, I think Shevchenko, she's the... She's the logical choice in regards yeah. to the scariest fighter. Some of these divisions, it's hard to pick a scary fighter, all right, because not everyone uh, comes across as a scary fighter. So, um, yeah, look, Shevchenko, she's a scary prospect for anyone who comes in to that cage because she has such a good skill set and her ability to um, to even take fights to the floor when she needs to. Uh, yeah, I think she's um, she's a top level fighter. Women's bantamweight. Well, look. I actually have a differing opinion uh, from who's the current and who's the all-time scariest fighter in this division. So is Cyborg going to be put into this division? Definitely not, because she's never fought at Bantamweight. Okay, yeah, just yeah. checking. So my current scariest fighter is the current women's Bantamweight champion, Amanda Nunes. Look, Amanda Nunes, she is a fucking destroyer. Uh, she's 17-4. and four. She's 10-1 and one in the UFC. She's only ever lost to Kat Zingano, and that was very early on in her UFC career. And uh, I reckon if they redid that fight now, she would fucking knock Zingano out in the first round. It'd be like um, Ngannou hitting over him. Yeah, she would literally pick her apart because Zingano has questionable stand-up. Uh, Nunes has got seven TKOs, one submission, and two decisions for her victory, for her ways of victory. So whenever you're going into the cage and they've got a 70% chance of uh, finishing you by TKO, I'd say um, that's a scary prospect. Yeah, definitely. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I actually had Ronda Rousey and Nunez as so my So Nunez as current and then Ronda Rousey at all time? Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I, I don't have to rejig what you just said. Basically, all the things that you just said about Nunez yeah. is correct. Uh, especially the way she knocked out Cyborg. I oh. think that makes her an intimidating... Figure, yeah, un- uh, unbelievable. The, yeah, in the in the bantamweight uh, weight class or further up, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think any female fighter fighting her now will be scared to fight her oh. in some way or another. Um, so that's a that's current, but with the all time is probably Ronda Rousey. Not because she was intimidating um, to I suppose when she's on camera or anything, but just because she had a she had, she was undefeated. Yeah. Um, she went in there and she absolutely dismantled uh, her opponents, flipping them, putting them in headlocks and just punching them out. Um, she did that quite a number of times with arm bars and everything else. Well, um, I She brought a lot of intensity. Yeah, she brought a lot of intensity to the cage and she was a superstar. And she came as a very quick superstar, you know, in the uh, UFC and she just dominated and she's so, yeah. the reason we've got uh, female MMA in the UFC. So uh, big props to Ronda Rousey. I, too, have Ronda Rousey as the all-time uh, scariest fighter in the UFC. And it's for the, for the same reason Paolo just mentioned. From February 2013 to November 2015, when she got knocked out by Holm, before that fight, she was 6-0 in the UFC and she finished all her fights. Three by sub, three by TKO. So you knew if you were going in there against Ronda Rousey, she was going to fuck you up. Yeah, pretty um, much. And uh, yeah, it took someone of the striking caliber of Holly Holm, who's like a 57-time world boxing champ because you get a title fight every fight. Um, but, you know, more realistically, like 17 times, something like that. Um, yeah, she... Uh, look, Ronda Rousey, she's a pioneer. I think sometimes we forget... 
of how dominant she was at the start of the career. So, yeah, for me, scariest fighter, bantamweight. Yep, agree. Moving on, f- featherweight. F- 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 featherweight. <laughs> I got a little bit quivery there. Featherweight. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, women's featherweight. F- f- featherweight? Yeah. Who have you got? Current for me, Amanda Nunes, because she just knocked the fuck out of Cyborg. <laughs> but, and I'm not going to go over again why Amanda Nunes is, because we all know she's a beast. But all time, Cyborg. I have no yeah. doubt. And, and the reason I will say that, I'm going to justify that right now. From November 2005 to December 2018, before she got knocked out by Nunes, she was 20 victories, won no contest. And 17 of those victories, she won by TKO. That is a scary prospect for anyone. Look, so that's like good, an 85% chance that if you get in the cage with her, you're leaving unconscious. I would say most men would be scared to get in the cage with her. Fuck that. Yeah, see, I wouldn't want to get the in the everyday cage with her. The everyday man bigger would than her. absolutely get their head beaten in. Yeah. Um, well, not stinkly, but I'm definitely bigger than her. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is I'm talking about the average man. Yeah, the average man. We're not would, average men here. Yeah. We're, we're obviously uh, alpha men. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. yeah, she's uh, a very scary... Scary uh, women's fighter um, in the sense that how she looks with all those tats and yeah. she's definitely got more of a an alpha female sort of face. She's got a very muscular physique. She yeah, has she's a got man's big body. traps yeah. and, and so forth. Big shoulders. And big she's delts. known for knocking people out, physically dominating wild and so forth. Wild fighter. Yeah, wild fighter. She's like a Vandalay Silver. Um, but yeah, she would definitely be the most intimidating. Look at this. Apollo and Aaron are green. Yeah. What is happening here? Uh, I think it's going to be naked together. Well, there's not many choices. There's <laughs> <laughs> nah, not, not many choices. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's move on to men's fighting now. Flyweight division. It's a tricky one. I only had... I couldn't even get my second one because these dudes are really, really small. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to say who's actually scary. Yeah. But uh, I put it down to... Once again, I went down to rep. Yeah. Uh, the reputation of DJ. I mean, the longest streak... I mean, if you're a fighter and you're the, let's just say you have, you're at DJ's fourth ever title defense, can you go in there with absolute confidence that you're going to take out DJ? Fuck Probably no. not. When he's at his you eighth, need to when go he's in. at his tenth, you know, all those all those sort of uh, fighters are going in there thinking, am I going to be the guy to stop him, or am I going to be part of the tally? Well, it took yeah. someone who has the level of confidence that an Olympic gold medalist has, which is an unbreakable level of confidence because I borderline think that winning an Olympic gold medal is harder than a UFC title fight. I th- well, depends what sport it is. Yeah, for wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling yeah. versus UFC. I don't mean like physically harder. I just mean the mental pressure that you're going into that final fight for the gold medal. You've worked for four years for this one moment. Yeah. I feel like... In comparison, if you can do that, you should be mentally tough to do anything. Although I still borderline think DJ won that second fight. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm a big DJ fan. I've got his tattoo. Next to John Jones' this one. Uh, So who'd you pick? Yeah, so... Oh, sorry. My apologies. (laughs) Uh, So I also picked DJ as the all-time GOAT. Uh, Sorry, all-time scariest fighter. And also all-time GOAT. (laughs) No, no, no. Aaron has read my notes. Yeah. Obviously, he's nah, nah, nah. Me well, all the I time. just thought he's thirteen and zero in title fights before he lost to Cejudo, and he had seven finishes. And, and he lost by split decision too. Yeah, split decision yeah. against a guy who he knocked out in the first round. I'm pretty sure last time they fought. Yeah. So look, uh, 
you know, I think he was one of the biggest losses that the UFC had when he went because he was such a phenomenal fighter to watch. So I agree. He has the scariest prospect in the sense that um, that virtually, yeah, you can go in there and you're just not going to know whether you're going to be actually able to beat this guy because he's yeah. so phenomenal. Just on a quick, quick note, yeah. just um, reflecting on that on that moment, I think DJ would have beat TJ. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think that... Uh, TJ would have been the favourite going into that fight. No, but anyway, we'll get back but, on course. Yeah, back on course. Uh, but yeah, there's a little bit of um, yeah, there's a little bit. But of my news current uh, scariest fighter is actually a fighter who I've called before, who I think is going to be the future champ, Devison Figueredo, who's 15 and 0 at the moment. He's the I think he's the number four ranked flyweight. Uh, so he's 15 and 0 with a combination of eight TKO victories five submissions and only two decisions. So if you get in the cage with that man, there is a very good chance that you are going to get finished some way or another. And he has heavy hands. And we're going to see him fight soon. I'm not sure who his next fight is against, who he's lined up against. But I guarantee you that he's a banger. And he's a scary prospect because anyone who has those kind of finishing capabilities and is in the top five of a division is a scary prospect. So he's my current scariest guy. I don't have one. I nearly borderline <laughs> put Cejudo because of how his fight, but I just I didn't take that into consideration, um, considering he only just recently fought. So, yeah, and I don't look at Cejudo as scary, even though I probably should because he's Olympic gold medalist and he just knocked out, well, he didn't knock out, but he just finished TJ Dillashaw with a bit of referee assistance. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, better than picograms. <laughs> Gotta bring it back to the picograms. By the way, John Jones just uh, had some picograms in his system again. Um, anyway, same picograms from previous. Yeah, so those are my two guys for that. Let's move on to bantamweight. I've got um, so yeah, bantamweight Cody Garbrandt Ooh. and Dominic Cruz. So Cody Grant Garbrandt is currently yeah. the scariest. Um, and then. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. yeah. Uh, even though he's lost and everything else, I just think because of his devastating power and speed in his hands... He's a bad And if you look at some, you look at his highlights, yeah. you tell me that's not scary. For yeah. a guy that's his size, he's, he's like a... He was and he said kilos? he could cut to flyweight too. Yeah. He reckoned he could. I reckon, yeah, and he's got all these tats and his uh, manicured eyebrows and stuff. He's <laughs> manicured looking... eyebrows. <laughs> Fucking hell. He's looking <laughs> quite, quite staunch. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be scared to be knocked out by a guy with manicured yeah. eyebrows too. <laughs> but uh, no, he's, he's definitely a real threat. Anytime any fighter steps in the cage with Garbrandt, he he's looking for the knockout. Yeah, and his boxing is very very good. Yeah, it's very crisp, and you're not you're only about what half a second away before getting knocked out. Yeah. So each fight he has, I feel like he brings intensity, um, and there's always that there's always that threat. So I find him to be a scary fighter. Ooh, I've mentioned it before that I um, actually think that uh, if Garbrandt could actually keep his emotions in check, he could probably beat Dillashaw because. Both fights, he got very reckless. He had reckless abandonment. And he, was he, actually, he tagged him both he times. Was, yeah, he was actually winning those fights uh, before he got too reckless. Um, so, look, yeah, he's definitely a scary prospect. I actually went for the current. Uh, I picked Marlon Marais, who I've been talking about a bit recently, because uh, I think, um, well, I think we're going to see against the Sun Sal. He's a killer, man. He's a killer. He's the number three guy or number four guy. And... Um, Look, he's a scary prospect against anyone. 
So, uh, and you're going to see why next weekend. Uh, it shows my all-timers, Dominic Cruz. I agreed with you. Uh, more to do with rep, more to do with how he moves. Mm. I feel that uh, if you don't fight, well, depends on who the fighter is, but I feel if you don't fight the way Dominic Cruz fights, um, then you end up losing the fight. Everyone always seems to fall into his game of moving around and trying to mimic the way he fights in a fight, and that shows that he's a master on his feet and he knows what he's doing in the cage. Well, and I find a lot of fighters don't know what to do in the cage when they're in there uh, on the on the second round, third round, depending on it's a championship fight, which it was at the time. But yeah, I just find that they, the fighters end up confused and are basically scared to throw punches, scared to throw well, a lot strikes. of the time they can't because they just don't know what the fuck he's going to yeah. do he was so unpredictable I'm going to put a big uh, big statement out if Dominic Cruz didn't have his injury issues I would borderline say he was probably going to go down as one of the goats yeah because he was so elusive he was so ahead of the game where he was he's so clever with the way that he breaks down fights that's what makes him a scary prospect. The fact that if you get in the cage, you know this guy has analyzed everything about you. He knows, it's silly to say he knows just as much about you as you do, but you know that's his kind of obsession. You can tell by the way he commentates, by the way that he interviews, that he has that obsessive mentality to be the best, which is what you need to do to be a champ. You look at John Jones, you look at TJ Dillashaw, you well, look at put it down to being analytical. Yeah, he's yeah. analytical, but yeah. to the point of obsession, you know, which is good. Yeah, I suppose if you could look at it that way. Yeah, and um, um, yeah, I would think he would have been one of the goats, but unfortunately he's had like... He's nearly, been played by injuries. Yeah, he's having another surgery right now. He probably won't come back until next year. Well, if, if he, he does, does fight, is he going to be after, you know, being repaired with... with the amount of surgeries he's had. Is he going to come back and be the same fighter? Is he going to be able to find that same sort of top-level caliber? I, 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 I put I him on the same so. level as Kane yeah. in the fact that could have gone down as a goat, but, you know, just injuries. Just their bodies couldn't handle what their, uh, yeah. what their minds You've got to be could. a healthy fighter to, to, to be the best. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, so. uh, he's, he's achieved what he's achieved. But I think his, his reign got stopped a bit early because of the injuries. So look at some highlights of Cruz because he's a phenomenal fighter. We yep. love that guy. Moving on to Featherweight. Featherweight. So I, look, I'll go first here. Currently, I actually had two fighters currently. You're going to um, have one. Yeah, I know, but I couldn't so, split them. See, fans, he's already breaking the rules. I would break the rules, but I couldn't split Volkanovski and Zabit. I think they're both super scary prospects uh, to fight at featherweight. Because Volkanovski, he's 6-0. and What he just did against Chad Mendes, who is a world-class fighter, was phenomenal. I don't think many people would want to get in the cage against that I think, guy. I think it's a bit scarier. Yeah, but I, that's the other thing. I think Zabit has the, the way to hurt you anywhere. And, um, and he's just a puzzle that's really hard to mix. So... I'm, I'm going to say he's a bit, just so that I don't get fucking told off by a pile or for having two people. <laughs> and then my all-time uh, is Conor McGregor. And yeah. I'll explain that in a minute. Are we still it. putting Aldo down as a featherweight? Yeah, he is a featherweight. Oh, I've got uh, Conor McGregor um, and Aldo. So Aldo current. Well, McGregor's currently not there. Yeah. So uh, I think Aldo's still a scary prospect. I think he has knockout power. Yeah. I mean, that... 
body shot he did against uh, Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, Have you ever seen kicks. that? Yeah. I, I think there's yeah. very, very few body shots uh, in the UFC by by a left hook. So it was, yeah. I, yeah. I still think he's up there as a scary fighter. No, that's Even though enough. he did get fucking smashed by Holloway. Yeah. Um, but this is not about who's the best yeah. fighter. It's yeah. the and scariest it, for a reason. Yeah, and it's uh, scary because of his striking, his hand speed, he was his power, yeah, for his, 10 years. his power and his kicks, and his undefeated record was yeah. was phenomenal. He's re- being a reigning champion. There was just so many little things. Yeah. And he had that scar across his face. Yeah. He was just, he was just a mean he's looking dude. He's from the Flavelas. Yeah. You know, he grew up in the slums of Brazil. Like, you've got to be hard. Yeah. But going back to um, McGregor, I think because of his trash talk, because of his reputation, because he became a big superstar, because he played mind games pre-fights, I think that intimidated a lot of fighters. Uh, and that obviously muddled up their game, and he fuck him up in the cage. Yeah, he's at, he in his seven fights at featherweight, he went seven and zero, so he's undefeated at featherweight, and he got six TKOs in that time. Majority of them were like relatively clean knockouts. Like he would really hurt someone um, with his punches, like Dennis Seaver. Yeah, <laughs> and the only person that survived was a young Max Holloway, and it was when McGregor. Um, actually tore something in his leg so he changed his strategy he couldn't get the same oomph in his punches he didn't have the same movement uh, so he actually started taking Holloway down in that fight uh, which was a long time ago I believe it would be a different fight now but um, yeah I, I completely agree I think uh, Conor McGregor scariest prospect ever at featherweight just an absolute destroyer yeah and part of the reason he's so popular yeah um, going on to lightweight. Lightweight. So lightweight, I'll go first on this one. Yeah. Now, I actually thought about this a little bit longer uh, than usual, but... Um, so, three seconds. Um, yeah, <laughs> three and a half seconds, thank you very much. Yeah. I think, if you really look back on it now, who would be considered the, the scariest fighter? And I'm actually going to go with Khabib. Now, the reason why I'm saying Khabib, as probably even the all-time also... Um, is because every fighter that has mentioned about wanting to go for a title shot has not talked shit about Khabib. They haven't said, I'm going to go up there and fuck up Khabib. The only one that has probably said that is probably Kevin Lee because <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's a fucking twerp. But um, anyone else has prayed, uh, praised Khabib by saying, you know what? They're in their back of their mind. They're not saying, I'm going to go out there and just fucking knock out Khabib. They know it's not possible. Mm. They're thinking, I need to train hard. I need to get my shit together. I need to get mm. my nutrition. I need to get my coaching. I need to get my striking. I get my grappling. I need to wrestle some bears. I need to do some fucking, <laughs> I don't know, wrestle some crocodiles at the same time. Uh, they need to get their shit together if you're going to verse Khabib. Yeah. And they know that. It's going to be a war. Yeah, because they, they're not going to go in there. They're not going to do... Uh, uh, a 10-second knockout against Khabib. It's not going to happen. No. Uh, if it does happen, true. fair enough. But it's most likely not going to happen. And I think he scares a lot of people bef- uh, into going for a title shot. Uh, Tony Ferguson wants it, but he's ready to, for the fight. Yeah. I don't think well, a lot he's of world class. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of fighters that are ready to fight Khabib. Um, no, I think he's one of the few. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely Khabib. Uh, but the other scary fighter, just because of his tenacity, has to be Tony Ferguson. <laughs> has to be. Oh, Who shit. wants to fight that guy? Who? Tony no one Ferguson. wants to. No one wants to fight Tony McNuggets. Ferguson. McNuggets. No that one. guy. <laughs> Pettis, Look, do you reckon Pettis would ever want to fight? 
Tony uh, Fergus again. Pro- look, Fuck Pettis no. is crazy because he just stepped up to fight Wo- uh, Wonder Boy. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on in Pettis. He head. got mauled. He got his by brain Tony scrambled yeah. by Tony Ferguson, yeah. obviously. Like a lot of people wouldn't want to fight Tony Ferguson again. Nah, besides, once again, Kevin Lee. Yeah. But he's delusional. Look, Tony Ferguson, he's a scary prospect. I will give you that. I, I've i actually picked the same person for current and all time. And it's not someone who most people would pick. I actually picked Justin Gagey. Oh, God. All right? and the Why? Re- the, re- <laughs> <laughs> the reason I picked Justin Gagey is because if you go in there against Justin Gagey, you are either getting knocked out or you're going to have to take punishment to knock him out. Okay. Uh, so, so, so which fighter on the on the roster currently would be scared to fight Gagey? I'm not saying necessarily that anyone wouldn't want to fight him. I'm just saying that the outcome, the wars that he has with you, they take years off your fighting career. You know what I mean? So did, that's did why Dustin, I picked him. Did Dustin lose... Dustin got smashed in that fight just as much as he smashed Gagey. Okay, fair enough. They smashed each other. That was crazy. That Michael Johnson fight smashed each other. He's going to fight Ebsen Barboza soon. That fight is going to be fucking maniacal. Those guys are going <laughs> to smash the shit out yeah, of each other. Yeah, that fans? Maniacal. Maniacal. <laughs> that fight is going to be... I could nearly guarantee fight of the year. I don't even know how to spell maniacal. Maniacal. I've, it's like maniac with a call on the end of it. Um, I've never been that good at spelling. Uh, yeah, so look, I picked Justin Gagey for the fact that his mentality is kill or be killed in All right. that cage. You know what, Aaron? You've actually sold me that idea. Okay, thank you. Because in the beginning, I was laughing at it. But you know what? You sold me that idea. Yeah. I respect it. That's actually a good decision. He would probably be the only person... In the flyweight, uh, sorry, the lightweight division, apart from Tony Ferguson, who would gladly walk in and throw down with Khabib without no thoughts of the <laughs> consequences, no thoughts of the fact that Khabib is most likely going to smash him. Yeah, uh, he would go in there thinking, "This is what I do. This is it's go time." He's virtually like the more. Yeah, he's got that mentality. Yeah, he's got that Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz mentality, but he has turbo leg kicks like the leg kicks that are going to happen in the Barboza and Gagey <laughs> fight are going to be ridiculous it's going to be like watching Chung Lee on Street Fighter it's going to be yep 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 it's going to be crazy so look when that fight happens it's a must watch if you don't watch that you're not a true MMA fan alright get your you friends to you don't to want to be accused of that you don't, you don't want to be accused of that by us alright so uh, let's moving on to some of the bigger boys now we've got right. a welterweight getting some muscle on the on the, uh, oh, I can, on the bodies now here I we go I can see one of Paul's tattoos fucking <laughs> highlighting oh here That's we ready. go alright alright right. this is good T-Wood <laughs> yes yes get your laugh no, 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 get your no, laugh no, it's fine mate he is the most imposing welterweight of all time okay GSP, all time and current GSP is awesome and he's fantastic in, in every single way probably one of the best fighters of all time but most scariest has to be T-Wood in welterweight fair enough um, reason being he looks like a bad motherfucker he does alright that's that's the first one. Second one he's built like a fucking machine alright so he, he looks the part third um, I would say he's KO power now, that guy yeah. hits like a truck, mm. all right? And he's a welterweight. Mm. He, I reckon he hits as hard as any light heavyweight. Um, he's, he's right up there. He hits freaking hard. He launched Robbie Lawler off his feet mm. and won the title. Um, and he's, he's starched a lot of people in the past. But yet, I would say T-Wood. And also, his explosive power. He has 
analytical ability, just like a Dominic Cruz, yeah, like you were saying before. He's a smart before. fighter. Um, he doesn't take too much damage, or he doesn't like to take too much damage. Um, yeah, and he's, a lot of fighters that fight him now, uh, they're still looking for that blueprint on how to beat him. Yeah. And you'll see every fighter that wants to fight him that they don't really want to be aggressive with him. Reason being is because they're scared. Yeah, they're scared of the power. They're scared of the that's power. True. And that's for me, that means you're a scary fighter. Mm. Um, and if you catch... Uh, T would on an angry day. I I wouldn't want to be the end of that. No, that's fair I would enough. not want to be on the end of that. Uh, the other scary fighter I put for welterweight uh, is actually Robbie Lawler yeah. uh, because his tenacity. Yeah, he brings it, especially in the last round. He go. I don't know what he does, but it's like he just takes some picograms or something. He does. He goes hard. If it's the fifth round. Uh, of a championship fight, he will just. I don't know what he does, but he just goes in the. He's fifth, a banger. The fifth gear, sixth gear, whatever gear, and he's yeah, he goes for it. If you're and in a pub brawl, you'd want Robbie Lawler to be one of your mates. Yes, yeah. he will go hard until everyone's knocked out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I respect that about him. And uh, yeah, so he, they're my two top picks for welterweight. I don't like agreeing with Paolo <laughs> because it's it ruins our friendship because uh, we've got a love hate relationship, but. I agree, Tyrone Woodley. I didn't put him as the all-time. T Wood. I didn't put him as the all-time. I will say that because I I dug a bit deeper. (laughs) I dug a bit deeper to find a super scary fighter for for all-time. But I agree, he is currently the most scary prospect of any fight in uh, in the UFC welterweight division. And uh, his upcoming fight with Kamara Usman is going to be a slobber knocker. And we're going to see who's the new current Champ, because it's either going to continue to be Woodley or Usman's going to be the Mate, scariest. Because if Usman can beat get him, knock the fuck out. If Usman can beat him, then that's uh, that's that's all she wrote. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and now welterweight, all time scariest. Now there was a fighter who used to fight for the UFC whose name was Husamar Palhares. Oh, now the, the reason, yeah. the reason that I picked him as the scariest welterweight fighter is not because he's the most talented. Not because he is any sort of greatest welterweight fighter of all time, but because when you got in the cage with Husamel Pajares, there is a chance that not only is he going to submit you, but he is not going to let go of that submission. So he's a bit dirty that way. In Husamel Pajares' career, all right, and if you've never seen him before, Pajares looks like a mini Hulk. He like, looks even more ridiculous he looks, now. Yeah, he looks. He looked like. Um just, he had these massive arms. Yeah, ginormous. Yeah, he's so out of whack. And so out of symmetry. Super duper leg lock specialist. Heel hooks, knee bars, and they're like the worst things that you hold on to for too long. So at least four times, oh, I gotta take a deep breath. <laughs> Getting pumped. At least four times in his career, he's been alleged to have hold on, held on for too long. All right, he actually got kicked out of the UFC for holding on too long. Did he do some permanent damage to fighters? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he uh, did some damage to Mike so, Pierce, who was a good fighter. He held on too long against John Fitch. I uh, don't think he did permanent damage. Um, but 16 of his 19 victories came by submission. So I'm actually picking him. But most of them weren't in UFC, though. No, no, Because otherwise no, he'd be no. being Charles Oliveira. Yeah, no, no, no. Most yeah. of them weren't in the UFC, but a good portion of him were um, leg locks in the UFC. So scary for the point of the fact that... We don't want to show each other notes. He keeps looking at my notes. Um, he wants to know. I, I want to be smarter. Um, yeah, so 
Palhares. I threw a bit of a spanner in the works there. Old Good school pick. fighter. Good pick. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the middleweights because it's going to start getting funny soon. All right. So now there's two middleweights that uh, probably all time, I would say. Let me guess. Michael Bisping. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Because he's only got one eye. Yeah. No, no. I, all right. I'll just get it at all time. But it, there's a special version of Belfort and it's TRT Belfort. Oh, I wrote the same thing. <laughs> all time TRT Now that Belfort. guy, all right, was an absolute machine with the his killer. mohawk, spinning hill kicks, knocking out rock holds, uh, smashing Bisping and just knocking out Dan Henderson. Yeah. Knocked out Dan Henderson, yeah. the guy who virtually had never been knocked out before that fight. Yeah. He was just so impressive. I would love to see him back on testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are in luck because he is definitely on testosterone again and he has said he wants to come out of retirement. Yeah. But it won't be for the UFC. But yeah, he was such a scary... Uh, he would look like he was going to beat anyone. Yeah, um, He 100%. was awesome to watch. If um, you from his whole Google career, that. Yeah, even when he was for Vandalay Silva back in like UFC, whatever, like one of the, one one of the early ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the way to... Um, Later on, where he went through a slump, then came back, and he was just a tear. He smashed so many people with some vicious knockouts. It's, it was an incredible uh, career. Um, if he stays retired, it's probably a good idea. Uh, but either way, but if um, he wants to come back with some um, with some picograms, yeah, he's not having picograms. He's having <coughs> kilograms. <laughs> yeah. Now the next guy uh, in middleweight. Now this guy's very similar to Woodley. But his name's Yo Romero. Oh, good Now, choice. the reason why I chose that guy, and you probably already know, he's, once again, he is super explosive. Um, some of his knockouts are just incredible. Look at the one he did on Weidman with the jumping knee. I Crazy. think that's probably his, one of his best ones. But the one that gets me most pumped was the one against uh, Luke Rockhold. Oh, uh, <laughs> Rockhold's one of Paul's favorite fighters. We yeah. mention this each podcast. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, that was another super scary knockout. And the way he, he actually finishes people uh, is just on the next level. Uh, his physique, I think, pro- would probably intimidate most people. Um, the, the mortals of the, of the world. Yeah, he's and, a freak. Yeah, he's a and genetic he's a, freak. Yeah, he's an absolute genetic freak. And he's... Yeah, when he's in the ring, he seems to be that calm um, fighter. But when he explodes, he, he, it's very unpredictable. And a lot of fighters don't want to actually want to fight him for that reason. Ask Robert Whitaker. Yeah, Does he want never f- want to fight him again. No, because no it's way. it's just it t- it takes years off your career. Yeah, and a lot of brain cells out of your brain. Well, we're going to see how whether Whitaker has been affected by that against Gastelum because yeah. Whitaker should be able to starch Gastelum. Yeah, when definitely. I look at it on paper, I should be able to starch him. But the thing that Gaslam's got in his favour, he hasn't had those wars. No. He didn't have two wars with Yoel Romero. You have two wars with Yoel Romero, it's going to be interesting to see how you fight after that. Yeah, all right. So, so Aaron. me... Oh, look. I agree with Paolo. The all-time fighter was uh, Vitor Belfort. Um, and I'll just give you a quick overview on that. In the one year <laughs> yeah. that Vitor Belfort fought uh, with the TRT exemption, he fought... John Jones, who he nearly beat, unbelievably. He, he did break his arm. He broke John Jones's arm. He's the only person to ever put John Jones in danger. And he's not even a light heavyweight anymore. He's a middleweight. So he was so jacked that he'd get in against arguably the greatest martial artist to ever grace the planet. And he fucked him up and broke his arm. 
So somehow well, lost. Yeah, he, he had one. He had one round of steam in him because he only goes and does weights <laughs> um, and head kicks, and then he successfully knocked out with kicks to the head. Bisping, Rockhold, and Dan Henderson. I think that's unbelievable. Like the guy's never thrown a kick before in a mixed martial arts fight. I've never seen him kick once. He's known as a boxer and yeah. uh, with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And then he comes out and suddenly starts wheel kicking people <laughs> and head kicking people who are legit top ten fighters. So look, Vitor Belfort, you're you're the man. Do you, you know what I mean? Belfort was like the ultimate warrior from WWF. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. He was he's, too. He's just like just the TRT. Just had that power. I love Belfort. And then I actually have picked Yoel Romero's next opponent. Paulo Costa. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Paulo Costa is the Brazilian version of Yol Romero. Uh, the reason that I picked Paulo Costa over Yol Romero is because Paulo Costa is currently on a 4 0 win streak in the UFC, all by finishes, and a 12 0 career streak, all by finishes. Everything is a TKO. So you get in that cage with Paulo Costa. There's a hundred percent chance that you are going to get KO'd if we go on his previous fights. Yeah, that's a scary prospect. And if you look at his physique, just like uh, Yoel Romero, he is chiselled like a Greek god. Yeah, he looks amazing. He looks like Hercules. So um, look, I'm looking forward to that fight. They said it's going to happen in around April. I think uh, might be that's the very very yeah. juicy. Yeah, it might be the headline card for a fight night card, or it could be the co-main event, something along those lines. So I'm pumped for that. So Paulo Costa, Yoel Romero, either one, both super scary. So that's yeah. probably the scariest fight in UFC this year so far. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to be between those two. I mean, they look like light heavyweights, yeah. both of them. Um, and with, with a little bit of extra nutrition, they probably can both bulk up to a heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But anyway. Someone's um, getting finished in that fight. Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, okay, so for light heavyweights... Uh, I only have one choice at the moment. I don't know why. But anyway, I've wrote down Anthony Rumble Johnson. Ooh. Now, the reason I wrote that guy is because he's a big, bad dude. And he has he presents, I suppose, just heavy hands. And uh, if you look at... Even though he lost the fight, if you look at the fight against DC, when he threw a bowling ball at his head, <laughs> and DC literally did... It looked like he did a backflip when he actually got hit. Um, yeah, is I mean that that, is that, that stays in my mind every time I think about Rumble Johnson. How hard that guy hits! It was incredible, and I think if he ever did come back, he'd probably come back as a heavyweight. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, yeah. if you've seen him, he's actually he's, uh, he's gone into bodybuilding. Yeah, and to so think that guy huge. was was that guy a welterweight when he first? Yeah, came? he was a welterweight. He used to do a fifty pound weight cut, which is ridiculous. Yeah, so he'd cut down from two hundred and twenty, which is a hundred kilos, to seventy seven kilos. That's fucking crazy that's 23 kilos <laughs> and he was able to do it uh, uh, but obviously that, but it affected his performance in the long run 100% because yeah. he never really got to the top level of welterweight yeah and uh, and he fought Belfort at, uh, at middleweight it's a shame and, because he probably didn't have the right guidance the right mm. coaches to really advise him on his body and what he could do with his gifts yeah and obviously he's you know but he was a perfect um, yeah I actually picked him as my all time favourite scariest yeah. uh, fighter as well for yeah, for the same reason, the prospect of like between there was a five-year period where Rumble Johnson was fighting at light heavyweight, 
and he went 11 and 2, both those losses to DC. And, uh, and he's uh, probably the person outside of John Jones who's closest to actually damage DC. And he got nine TKOs in that, fo- uh, in, that, um, in that time. So anyone outside of DC got KO'd by Rumble Johnson. And DC is the champ champ. Yeah. So that's a scary prospect. I actually picked for my current scariest prospect, our good friend... Anthony? Johnny Walker. <laughs> the reason I think Johnny Walker is the current scariest prospect at, uh, at light heavyweight is because he is so fucking huge. I think when you see him, like, look at him next weekend, watch him fight. He's fighting a guy who cuts down from, uh, from heavyweight, and he's going to look massive. Let yeah, it. Let it. Yeah. yeah. He's Justin. Gonna, yeah, Justin Letter. He's going to fight him. He's going to look massive next to Letter. I do not know how he makes 205. And all but one of his victories, so he's got a 15-3 and three record, all but one of his victories have come by finish. And I'm pretty sure his three losses came at heavyweight. So I don't think he's ever lost at light heavyweight. So, look, I think he's, he's a scary prospect. It's a new one. A lot of you may not have seen him fight, but take our word for it. He is a, uh, he's a, scary, he's a juggernaut. He's a juggernaut. He's a scary yep. motherfucker. And now we come to the pinnacle of fighting, the glamour division, the heavyweights. Now, the, I put here, there's two people. Uh, now, the reason why I chose these two guys is because I remember watching, especially when they come up and they come out of the, out of the, out of the back, they do their, their entrance and they stand there toe-to-toe against their opponent before the fight starts, mm. you just think, whoa, imagine fighting that dude. <laughs> Fuck, you would be shitting bricks. Uh. Um, and the first guy, you, I would just, you'd just be, fuck me, I'm going to verse Brock Lesnar. <laughs> That's fair There enough. is just 125 kilos of just muscle. Fuck, probably like 135 after he's cut oh, away. Man, that would be so intimidating. I remember the, uh, the, the lineup, which was um, Brock Lesnar versus Carwin. I think that's one of the biggest physical yeah, fights of all time. Definitely, man. I, I remember watching that fight. I don't, I don't know who I was watching it with, but I, my heart was pumping. Yeah. All right, and that was because I was probably a little bit scared. <laughs> Fuck me. Imagine, imagine trying to fight Brock Lesnar. How yeah, would you feel? Man. Uh, any guy that looked at it and said, "Man, I would not want to fight that guy." I'll see him in a. I don't even want to shake his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how fucking scary. He is. Yeah. So that I mean, he was my is my all time. Uh, but the one that's current, even though he hasn't had the best winning streak, has to be Francis Ngannou. Boom! Has to. That guy, I mean, oh. when you when you look at what he did to Alistair Overeem, oh. it's just, you can't go past that. That's crazy. It's ca- I agree. You can't. I, I completely agree. My current is Francis Ngannou as well. That guy, you know that there are dire consequences stepping in the cage with him. He's and the a- fact that they put Kane up against him <laughs> in a rematch, I don't know if they're trying to punish Kane or if they're trying to set him up. I don't know if they're like, well, we've been paying you for the last three years to try and get you better, and here's your reward. Fight this freaking... Monster of a yeah, man. monster Cameroonian French <laughs> destroyer who can punch harder than anyone who's ever stepped in the octagon. Including Arvin Drago on yeah. lots of roids. Oh, man. He would knock out Drago and Rocky Balboa in the same <laughs> fight. Uh, look, there is very few people who would be able to stand across from that person, that man, I should say, and not get intimidated. He is, he is possibly the hardest puncher 
in the history of humanity. Yeah. He, he, I think he is. Yeah. Like, because there's, there's a point of diminishing return when you get too big. You, you lose speed. Like, you'll probably think maybe someone like from Game of Thrones, like the mountain would hit the hardest. But just doesn't have the speed factor. It doesn't have the density. Yeah. In, yeah. in Garnu just has the power. That, you know, that power. Power is, I, I don't think you can train, I think Joe Rogan's talked about it. I don't think you can train your power to the point of it just going off the scales. It's, not it's your knockout power. Yeah. yeah. I think it's more innate. It's something you have within. It's a, it's a, I don't think it's a science so much, but um, Naganu has a freakish amount of power. Yeah. And he clips you. Yeah, and that's, I mean, ask Blades. That's that's, what happened to Blades. Like, even though there was a bit of controversy over that stoppage, that how quickly he dropped from just getting clipped, you just know that guy has got fucking bazookas in his hands. Yeah. They they are rocket launchers. And, um, yeah, I completely agree with that. I actually had a different fighter, although I do like Brock Lesnar. I didn't think about Brock Lesnar in that way. but. Well, because I took a different perspective to it. I didn't actually think, oh, who the fuck, if I was standing against them, who would I pick? And I've actually gone kind of the way that we went with our middleweight choice for TRT Belfort. I've actually gone for the Uber Ream. <laughs> <laughs> so even though Francis Ngannou knocked Alastair Overeem into orbit, I don't know if he could do that against the Uber Ream. Now, if you don't know who the Uber Ream is, that's Alastair Overeem. His, he could take alter as ego. many steroids as he wanted. He could have them from <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He may deny this. This is obviously all, uh, all hearsay, but... From a period of November 2007 to December 2011, so a four-year period, Alastair Overeem started fighting at heavyweight. He was previously a light heavyweight fighter. Uh, he, he must have spent a summer working out. Maybe he did a little bit of bulking up. <laughs> extra, he, extra bench presses and squats. He, he decided that he was going uh, to make the move up a division. And boy, did he make that move up. Because suddenly he went from being a reasonably skinny, tall, lanky... Athletic-looking guy. Athletic-looking guy to an absolute fucking monster <laughs> who was absolutely destroying everyone, whether it was kickboxing, MMA. He could have gone in a swimming race against Michael Phelps. He would have won. <laughs> Guaranteed the Uberim was indestructible. <laughs> and in that time, he had five submissions, five TKOs, and one decision. So in 11 fights, he finished 10 of his opponents. Uh, I'm pretty sure some of those submissions were tapping, saying, stop fucking hitting me. <laughs> uh, the only person he didn't win against by knockout was Vadum. And if you remember that fight, Vadum actually spent half the time lying on his back like a cheap hooker. <laughs> uh, because he was trying to engage engage over him uh, to come into his guard and uh, get submitted. But every time over him, every time he'd get up, over him would fucking just blast him with something. And he'd say, fuck this, I'm going to lie down. I don't care if the ref calls this fight off. Um, I think the over him, he was... Uh, the scariest fighter ever. His he was the man. traps were the size of people's heads. <laughs> he was the same size as Brock Lesnar. When, yeah. they, when they stood against each other, I was like, fuck, Brock Lesnar's a big cunt. I know he was coming back from diverticulitis and it wasn't the, the best Brock Lesnar, but it was still the same physique. Brock Lesnar still had the same physique. He just didn't have the same ability. Yeah. Because he was, you know, because he had um, 
he had had that terrible stomach disease. But Uberim was standing there. <laughs> and you look at Uberim now, he's nowhere near as physically imposing. Like, he cut down to 265. Now he walks around at, like, maybe 250, 245. Still a big guy yeah. oh, in, on a... On a, on a Relative scale against the new normal human being is huge. World class fighter. Yeah. But you got to think, like, from a guy who's got a record that's 44 wins, 17 losses, and one no contest, in that four year period, he had 11 wins and one no contest. I think the one no contest, he needs someone in the balls too hard. Possibly their testicle exploded <laughs> because he's had so much testosterone. Bit of karma going back to him. Yeah. It. So, um, look, I think, uh, look, they're both Brock Lesnar. Uberim, I'd like to see him do it again. Let's do it again. Let's let Alistair Overeem eat all the horse meat he wants and let's get Brock Lesnar in there. Doesn't have to take any piss tests because he might piss straight through the test tube. Um, <laughs> be pissing really hot. Yeah, he's pissing hot. Uh, there's definitely some picograms there. And um, yeah, let's see it go again. Fantastic. I reckon that was a pretty fun episode. Yeah. Um, Hope you guys enjoy it. What do you think, fans? Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Do you have some special mentions? Write some comments. Write some comments on our podcast. Let us know. All right, cool. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.